Weekly News by iGaming Next is brought to you by Playson, quality games since 2012. This episode is sponsored by Zimpler. Boom! We are live! <laughs> Gentlemen, Nico, Connor, another iGaming Next weekly news. Hi, Octane. I love it. Connor, how are you doing today? Nice to have you with us as our, as our special guest today. I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm here in Jake's absence. He's away on holiday <laughs> and I get to come in here and soak up his limelight. So everyone's a winner, I suppose. But yeah, doing very well. How are you? Very, very good. Very good. It's our pleasure to have you here, Connor. Obviously, I give my next uh, uh, editor here taking uh, taking the stud in, um, in Jake's absence here as Jake is uh, somewhere in the middle of nowhere in Portugal uh, doing unknown uh, unknown things up there, but hopefully he'll be back in, in, in good spirits uh, next next week. Nico, how are you doing today? I'm 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 doing fine, and as stated, like literally uh, every week, I'm pumped for all the topics we we are about uh, to touch. Uh, putting ourselves on the hot seat, and uh, believe it or not, I'm pretty sure that Jake is working as an embarrassed correspondent somewhere in the uh, in the dark, and he will come up with some decent stories. Believe it or not, but uh, I'm not lying here. <laughs> Absolutely, I think he's meditating on some stories uh, here in the in the meantime. Uh... Uh, have taken a break yeah, from 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 the computer for a while. Uh, I also want to mention, of course, uh, uh, thank you so much uh, again, Playson Simpler for uh, sponsoring these Agamemnon um, Weekly News. It's fantastic to have you with us. And I must say, I love uh, that we had a little bit of a change up here in Simpler's uh, intro video. Uh, I was always dancing till the uh, till the old old song here as um, as the countdown happened, and now we had a really cool intro song. So I like it. Uh, nonetheless, guys, today we have. Um, we have a lot of different interesting topics ahead of us here. And just to uh, summarize a little bit uh, what we uh, have in front of us in this hour today, for the third time, Nico is going to make the uh, massive attempt to cover 10 short stories in five minutes. So far, we have not been successful, but we're going to try again. Uh, nonetheless, he's going he's gonna to cover 10 uh, topics here to start with, just to summarize the week. After that, we are going to jump into the Better Collective Q2 22 results. Um, make some interesting comparisons to Catena Media. Both companies, very similar, similar markets, similar strategies. But you can see how uh, these two companies are now taking uh, different directions. After that, we are going to attempt something new today, which is a live demo. Uh, Connor here is uh, putting his uh, financial... <laughs> financials uh, on the on on at stake here. Uh, we're gonna try out uh, the the zones new sports book live today, uh, with uh, Connor sitting in the UK uh, here and the zone just uh, soft launching in the UK. So we're gonna attempt uh, to make a bet uh, here at the zone uh, live today. Um, after that, MGM and Leo Vegas uh, receives regulatory go ahead for the six hundred seven million dollar acquisition. Um, which means that uh, MGM, the road is paved for MGM to acquire Leo Vegas. We're going to talk about that. Uh, another interesting point that is emerging now is the, um, again, going into the German markets, uh, two organizations, Gauselmann Group and Novomatic, are seemingly dominating the German market with, uh, uh, so far, uh, having been able to uh, get a lion's share of the uh, few licenses that have uh, been uh, given out so far by the uh, regulator. And uh, I know that Nico has some interesting insights on that on that front. And like we say every week, uh, it's not an I give me next weekly news report if we don't talk about California. We are going to do that today again uh, with the news that the California Republicans are now joining the De the Republicans, uh, sorry, the Democrats in in the state of California to oppose uh, Prop Twenty Seven uh, here in California. And finally, as well, if we have time, we're going to talk about uh, Alwyn, um, who is considering a SPAC merger, um, and uh, they have uh, they have announced an extraordinary general meeting on the seventh of September to float the idea of um, of going public through a SPAC merger on the New York Stock, Stock Exchange. So quite interesting, uh, and uh, and as always, a super interesting uh, hour ahead here. So uh, please get ready, and uh, here we go, basically. So. Nico, as a starting point here, you know, 10 news stories in five minutes. And to spice it up a little bit today, I told Nico before the recording that uh, we have a, a little bit of a surprise because I have a challenge for you, Nico, today. 
Okay, do you want to know what that challenge is? Yeah, I'm thrilled. <laughs> yes, okay, very good. So I have here a Rubik's Cube in my hand for those who are not uh, here right now. And we, we're going we're gonna to have a competition today. <laughs> who is going to finish first, Nico's 10 stories or my Rubik's Cube? <laughs> How does that sound? Sounds good. Sounds good. All but right. don't exchange it. Don't exchange it. Putting this one down, right? Not seeing in the video and just come up with a, with another one, right? So, All right. Uh... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> All right. Shall we, give, shall, we give, shall we give this a go, Nico? Yes. Just All right. I'm pretty, I'm pretty rusty in my Rubik's Cube skills, so we'll see how this goes today. Okay? <laughs> All right. Elizabeth, start the clock. Let's do it. Perfect. So, um, no week without another AML fail uh, failing. Spreadex has been ordered to pay £1.4 million as Gambling Commission continues to re uh, demand regulatory settlements. So, Spreadex, Spreadex offers a combination of online casino, fixed odds, sports betting, sports spread betting, and financial spread betting, uh, for which they are uh, regulated by the UK Gambling uh, Commission and the Financial Conduct Authority, FCA. So what has been the breach? It's pretty simple. Social responsibility failures included allowing one customer to deposit 1.7 million and lose 500,000 pounds during the course of one month period. So that has been one of the failings. Uh, they have been fined with 1.4 million. Another one from the UK, the English cricketer Ryan Davis has been suspended uh, or received a um, suspended ban for betting. The England and Wales Cricket Board, shortly ECB, has announced that it has issued a six-month suspended ban, um, ban against the former professional batsman and wicketkeeper, Ryan Davis, who has um, uh, admitted um, the charges um, that he has placed 181 bets on cricket matches over a six-year period and now he has been banned from the sports um another week another story of lottery.com they are facing po a potential nasdaq delisting and investors are joining forces to sue uh, the company over compliance uh, uh, failures so we've been all always uh, always like Every week, speaking about the CRO, Chief Revenue Officer, has been uh, forced to leave the company. CEO uh, stepped down as well. Oh, my gosh. There you go. Yeah, nearly finished. Okay. Putting some pressure on it. Thanks, Pierre. <laughs> so, um, staying in the U.S., Massachusetts regulators take first retail sportsbook steps. Um, so, Massachusetts is a regulated sports market already. So, the bill has been signed into uh, law earlier this month in August, and it uh, allows up to 15 online sportsbook, but they are not yet live. So five properties, namely MGM, Win, Penn Entertainment, as well as Rainham Park and Suffolk Folks, are pushing for a quick turnaround from the bill signing to the first bet, so they can capture as much um, as possible of the lucrative 2022 um, NFL football season so within all other jurisdictions as well nfl is key as it is in massachusetts as well so then pennsylvanians against gaming expansion urges skill games shutdown so an nga called the pennsylvanians against gaming uh, expansion they have called for tightening the state law and showdown of illegal skill games that the group suggests it's costing the region hundreds of millions of dollars. So if you're not familiar with how the states in the U.S. actually coordinate to each other, so Pennsylvania is to the left uh, of New York and New Jersey, so pretty much in the middle of the highest volume uh, gaming sector. Staying in the US, New Hampshire sports betting handle decreases to 42.7 million in July, while Atlantic City casinos see revenues almost flat in Q2 at $186 million. Then another interesting <clears throat> story is 
the Australian regulator considers a crypto U-turn and seeks gambling in uh, industry input on a draft regulation. First of all, shout out uh, to our man, um, Tim Heath, uh, who shared this information. And he has been asked um, by... Um, um, sorry, by a chairperson of the Northern Territory Racing Commission, short NTRC, um, if um, he can help or if the group can help by uh, implementing or um, discussing cryptocurrency um, as one of the valid payment options in the um, gaming industry in Australia as well. So the chairperson stated, however, Chairperson Alistair Shields uh, stated, however, the rise in acceptance of cryptocurrency in various arenas and the number of requests from licensees has caused the commission to reconsider the matter of cryptocurrency as a valid payment option in gaming. Then um, Norwegian, Norwegian operators asked to reduce television advertise, uh, advertising as well. Portugal launches public tender for land-based casino as well. And now, last but not least, the um, <clears throat> heading over to the UK once again. The UK gambling minister, Chris Philp, hints online gaming um, are a likely target of the upcoming uh, white paper. As the eminent UK gambling white papers get closer to its publication date, gambling minister Chris Philp has given a new indication that online casinos and slots will be in the spotlight um, of the new uh, regulation, which is highly anticipated um, by each and everyone being licensed in the in the UK. And we've been uh, speaking about this for quite some time as well. So fingers crossed. And we are still thrilled to see the uh, final white paper. That's it. Uh, 10 and I 5. Could, I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I, I screw it up uh, with, uh, with the upper layer here. I'm, I'm rusty with, uh, with the Ruby screw. But yes, we got good good work, Nico. You won, you won this one. Fortunately, we didn't make any uh, exuberant bet, uh, so uh, so yeah, congratulations <laughs> to that. Although I must say I was, I'm um, I'm a bit clueless what you actually said, uh, but maybe next week, uh, Nico, we can we can work on this one instead. I hope you can see this is a, like a this is a, a really screwed up Rubik's cube. That is it looks like, like a nightmare. It looks like a Rubik's cube from Interstellar, the movie when when they mm -hmm. go into like the different dimensions. Or we can try it. <laughs> Or we can make it easier with the children. <laughs> anyway, anyway, good good work, Nico. It was uh, it was uh, it was a good challenge, and uh, you won this one. So uh, kudos to you, kudos to you. But but in the end, uh, to be honest, it's not about it's not about winning. It's all about you know giving some of the uh, of the topics which we don't touch uh, while discussing this um, as the um, famous and dynamic duo. duo adding the German bratwurst as well uh, to our audience. <laughs> and uh, as I said so, 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 so often, uh, please feel free to comment on each and everything we state and we uh, are talking about. It's, uh, um, you know, we are just, we can barely just touch down on all uh, of the topics in that much detail as our audience um, will do and can do. So please feel free to comment on each and everything we actually do. Absolutely. Thank you for that disclaimer, Nico. Uh, we are going to jump into the first story of today here, which is uh, the Better Collective quarterly earnings that was uh, released earlier. And uh, what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to pull up uh, a little summary here of the report, uh, basically from uh, Better Collective. What we see here on the screen is um, a summary of the financials. Uh, the um, Better Collective reported a pretty strong quarter with 40% increase in revenue um, year over year. Uh, up to uh, 56 million euro um, revenue. Uh, however, they had a decrease in EBITDA of minus 3% compared to uh, the same quarter of last year. Uh, this uh, was mainly due to investments into, uh, into their North American assets. Um, the cash flow increased by 102%, up to 22 million. And new, deposit, uh, new direct deposits uh, with uh, plus 93%, up to 300 million. 87 
thousand new customers basically. Um, and um, let's see here. So we're gonna give some more kind of context here on these numbers uh, by looking at uh, the revenue um, quarter per quarter uh, here. And we can see um, obviously here those who are listening. Basically, we're looking at quarter to quarter revenue uh, from quarter 2020 up until uh, this quarter. And as we mentioned just now, uh, there is a 40% increase in revenue compared to last quarter, but a quite significant uh, decrease in revenue to the last quarter of, of Q1 2022. Um, this is um, because, uh, because um, Better Collective's revenue is more and more being derived from the North American market. And for those of you who have followed the Agamemnon podcast or these weekly uh, news stories, you will know that the um, North American um, sports betting markets are much more seasonal than the uh, European markets are. In Europe, we kind of have an active sports calendar all year round, whereas uh, the Americans, they have a quite seasonal sporting calendar. And the Q2 is a lull quarter where there's essentially only baseball, and golf uh, really in the, in the American calendar. And so it is expected to see a decrease in this quarter uh, for organizations that are um, this heavily tilting towards North American revenue. Um, also, they are, um, they are talking about here that uh, they are still deriving 76% of the revenue from uh, Europe and rest of the world, whereas 24% is being derived from the North American market. This can be compared then to Catena Media, which uh, now derives more than 50% uh, of the total revenue from the North American market. So uh, Catena Media um, especially are leaning more and more towards uh, North America here. Um, I thought it was interesting uh, as well just to compare the market caps between Catena Media and Better Collective. And it really tells the story of uh, where investors see the future in um, b between these two companies, the future investment uh, opportunities. And so Better Collective, they have a market cap of, of around 750 million. This is uh, the, the valuation of the company according to the uh, uh, shareholders. Uh, whereas Catena Media only has a market capitalization of 250 million. So one third that of uh, Better Collective. Um, and still, uh, Catena Media is, um, uh, is actually uh, uh, publishing a higher EBITDA, uh, higher earnings than uh, what Better Collective is. Um, essentially, what the investors are saying is that they believe that Better Collective strategy is, um, they are on a better path uh, than Catena uh, Media is, essentially. And they believe that in the future, uh, while they are not, uh, while, um, Better Collective today is not generating as much uh, EBITDA as uh, Catena Media is. Uh, they believe that in the future, Better Collective will kind of accelerate away from Catena Media. Um, it's quite interesting because it's a massive gap in the marketing cap. Like I said, it's uh, uh, the marketing cap of Better Collective is, is three times that of, of Catena Media. So it's, uh, it's quite interesting. And if we compare the revenue in the last quarter, Catena Media... They generated 74 million euro revenue versus Better Collective 56. So um, essentially, Catena Media is generating almost 50% more revenue than uh, Better Collective. Um, and still, again, going back to the market cap here, uh, investors are expecting a Better Collective uh, to do great things uh, as we move forward here into the future. So um, those are just uh, some um, insights here on my end. And, Lastly, as well, I want to just bring up uh, a chart here uh, from uh, Catena Media just to kind of showcase a little bit more um, from their latest quarterly report where um, Catena Media is uh, publishing flat revenue uh, in the last uh, compared to Q2 2021 and almost even flat compared to Q2 2020. And this is where investors are uh, bullish on Better Collective, because uh, Better Collective year by year are significantly increasing the revenue, whereas uh, Catena Media's revenue year on year seems to be flat. Um, and the uh, same goes here for the adjusted uh, EBITDA of uh, Catena Media, which has actually decreased year on year, uh, both compared to Q2 2021 and Q2 2020. So in other words, uh, Catena Media is actually earning less money 
uh, compared to 2021 and 2020 uh, than um, what they are in uh, Q2 2022. And so that's the story basically uh, that is unfolding now uh, between um, Better Collective and Catania Media. Catania Media are earning more revenue today, but uh, the indication is that uh, Better Collective is uh, seemingly uh, catching up to to uh, Catania Media doing things wrong. I don't um, know if you've got it, the, uh, Pierre, if you've maybe got the H1 figures there, what I'm getting is Katina revenue was 28.9 million euros in Q2. And these graphs oh, are yes, a bit yes, odd because yes. you've got sort of a scale on either side, but I just think that's worth pointing out. Um, so, yes. the, so in fact, for Q2, Better Collective are nearly double in revenue. Um, but of course, Katina's managed to secure the higher margin and got a, got a better EBITDA result on that. Oh, yes, yes, yes. This, this, is, a, this is a good point. It, this is why we should fact check each other when we are doing these live segments. Uh, thank you, Connor. That's why you're the, you're the editor here. Thank you, next. <laughs> but it, this has been the story kind of leading up to, um, in, in the last, say, one or two years, uh, has, been, has been basically um, Better Collective catching up to Catena uh, Media, and even say a year back, where the story was uh, was a bit different, uh, it was still the fact that the collective had a much higher um, market capitalization than uh, than what they do at the moment. Um, so yeah, interesting. Any any other kind of thoughts from you here, uh, Connor? Uh, obviously, we reported on this uh, uh, during the week. I'll take you next there. Yeah, I, I think another thing that's interesting, as you pointed out looking at North American or US revenue as a percentage of revenue. So at Katina, that now accounts for more than half of total revenue. So they brought in 14.9 million euro from North America, while uh, Better Collective brought in um, 13 million from the US compared to sort of 43 million in Europe. So more like a quarter of their total revenue but their growth rate is much, much faster there. So they were up 90% year on year in the US, um, while Katina just grew 20%. And I think one of the really important factors in that moving forward is going to be the media partnerships that we've seen recently, and particularly those state-by-state -state local media partnerships. And you can see Katina are starting to catch on to that because they recently signed their first major North American media deal with NJ.com, which of course is a New Jersey focused news, entertainment and sports website, I believe. Um, whereas Better Collective has really, really hit the ground running in terms of those kinds of partnerships. So they've got partnerships with the New York Post, the Philadelphia Inquirer, the Chicago Tribune. And yesterday or a couple of days ago when that report came out, the Q2 report, they announced a new partnership with Boston.com. So they're obviously ready to hit the ground running in Massachusetts as soon as that market launches. So I think that's a really intelligent way of getting into these markets um, and a way of providing a kind of mutually beneficial partnership where you've got benefits for the media outlets themselves and, of course, massive benefits for affiliates like Better Collective. And then, of course, that's going to benefit the market generally and the operators and the suppliers. So uh, it seems to me they're onto a winning strategy in the US. And, of course, if that 90% growth rate continues, um, then it won't be very long at all before they overtake Katina in that market. Absolutely. Uh, it's also interesting to, uh, to point out, uh, we talk a lot about the geographical distribution um, of uh, revenue in the agony industry and uh, how as, uh, an, as an operator, affiliate uh, or a supplier, you don't want to be exposed too much to a single market. Um, now, Catena Media especially, and, uh, and, and also Better Collective for that matter, are seeing the United States as the number one full-on, full-force uh, growth market. But um, the question is, if, uh, if these uh, two affiliates will uh, continue to, uh, to, to build the revenue and focus on, this, uh, uh, on, on, on the North American opportunity, um, as we've seen in Europe, if we start seeing headwinds uh, and, um, and if there's a change in the markets or in the States, uh, then obviously they would be quite... Uh, uh, exposed to this uh, single, single market and 
Catalina Media has already communicated that we're, they are seeing headwinds in Europe. And the idea for Catalina Media is to kind of look at an exit strategy uh, almost from Europe, obviously looking to offload the Ask Gamblers brand and so on and so forth. But what happens if uh, the, the, the kind of um, the gas runs out, uh, the steam runs out of the North American market? Uh, that's uh, interesting to me. And I, I wonder if these traditional affiliates will look into other verticals rather than only iGaming. I know that Catena Media talked about uh, exploring affiliation within the crypto scene, for example. Now, this was kind of before the crypto crash happened. Um, and uh, perhaps those opportunities have changed now in the macro climate. But it's still, it will be interesting to see uh, how they will kind of tackle uh, the, uh, the next coming kind of like one or two or three years uh, where they will find growth. Um, if the conditions change in the North American market, because it can go one or either way, the risk profile increases essentially. Yes. All right, good stuff, guys. Um, shall we try to do something we haven't done before, which is uh, <laughs> taking on the challenge of uh, doing an actual live demo here, right in the in the live stream today? Um, and uh, hello, Richard, uh, Urban, Katie, uh, Bogdan as well for joining us. Nice to have you guys with us here today. Um, but essentially, the news broke here. Uh, Connor, do you want to uh, go into this, perhaps? Uh, the fact that Dazen, uh, I, I still call it Dazen. It's supposed to be Dazen. Yeah. I always uh, thought it was Dazen, yeah. Dazen, yeah. Um, Dazen has, uh, has uh, soft launched in the UK. Um, their their new the uh, zone bet basically. Can you go into this story a little bit more, Connor, and explain it, what we're gonna attempt to do here today? Yeah, so it, it launched this week, and it's the first market where Design has um, has set its product live. It's still in a beta phase, so we don't know for sure um, what's going to change as that progresses from the current version. Um, but uh, it's run. It's operated in the UK by a company called One Click Limited, which is a UK GC licensed business um, headquartered in Malta. And the uh, design management team has described this beta launch as a kind of learning phase. It's very much experimental, um, and they want to try and gather some information about how their own subscribers will. Um, interact with this service and i suppose they have no shortage of things to learn about the uk market specifically in that time um i'm sure most of our listeners have been following this story anyway but design is a sports streaming service which has been looking to leverage its sports audience across the globe for you know probably the last couple of years at least it's been looking into this um into uh, setting up its own sports betting and iGaming brand and that's where Dazone Bet was born and so that um, follows on from Dazone bringing on Shay Segev, the former CEO of Entine as its CEO. He was then joined by Sandeep Tiku who was previously the Chief Operating Officer of Entine and is now the CTO at Dazone um, and then Recently, in April, they announced that Mark Kemp, who was the former chief executive of Boyle Sports, an Irish bookmaker, would be brought on to head up the design bet business specifically. So, of course, we couldn't resist having a look on design bet, knowing that it was live this week. But given that I am the representative currently in the UK, <laughs> I set up an account this morning. Um, and we've been having a little look at what Design Bet looks like. So I'm going to attempt yes. now to share my screen and see if we can get it onto the live stream. Somebody has to do something to. Yeah. There, there we go. Somebody's we go. done there it. There we go. So here we are <laughs> on the home page of Design Bet, the brand new, very exciting, totally social. Oh, wait, hang on. It looks a lot like lots of other sports books I've seen in the past. <laughs> um, so here it is. I mean, I, the first thing, of course, I did was go over to the promotions tab and see what promotions are on offer. Well, here they are. It's just the one. You can bet £5 and get a £5 free bet. 
which is not, I don't think, the most generous <laughs> offer available in the UK market at the moment. I suspect if you were on an affiliate site and comparing offers, this wouldn't be the one which would catch your attention if you were looking for a big bonus. But it's better than nothing. And as I mentioned before, we are in a beta stage. So we don't know whether that's going to change. Nonetheless, um, uh, our, the, the correspondent, uh, the committed correspondent, Connor here, has decided to put his money on the line here today. Of course. Five pound plus five pound. Of course. Well, <laughs> How does actually, it feel, Connor? I'll tell you what happened. I was going to put five pounds in and then I thought, Oh, come on. Let's bet big. It's for the weekly news broadcast. So I've put a whole tenner in. Now, what we've got oh to God. do, I've read the terms and conditions because I don't like to be uh, shafted on a bonus. I like to know what I'm getting into. So what we need to do now is, to, is place a £5 bet on any sports market at odds of one to two or greater. And then tomorrow, you see, very clever with the retention strategy, they get me to come back tomorrow for the free bet. This, for me, is just not the, not a particularly effective way of bonusing, to be honest. Um, and the other reason I put £10 in is I thought we could have a couple of bets, and I thought, well, perhaps we'll bet on the most beloved British sport, apart from football, especially for betters. Perhaps we'll have a bet on the horse racing, and then we can get <laughs> our audience to watch the broadcast. I don't know how that works with copyright law. Anyway, no chance because one of the glaring omissions from this website is that there is no horse racing betting. Now, <laughs> I didn't even realise that until after I made the deposit because it's so ingrained in me that all sports books will feature horse racing, especially in the UK market. Um, and, of course, you've got Mark Kemp leading the business from Boyle Sports Sports. And as an Irish bookmaker, they certainly understand the importance of horse racing for the UK and Irish markets. And so that would be my first tip to any design executives watching. Please integrate some horse racing into <laughs> this sports book. And because otherwise, you're going to have a lot of unhappy punters in the UK. So now we need to work out what to put a bet on. And unfortunately, yeah. I'm none the wiser when it comes to football. It has to be odds of one to maybe, two or more. Maybe we can get the, uh, I don't know, Elizabeth in the background, if we can see the chat. Uh, again, maybe the, maybe the audience wants to suggest something yes. for us to bet if... on as we are live uh, here today. I mean, personally, I'm really into political betting. Um, but, uh, uh, but I don't know if we have that uh, opportunity. has um, to be a sports sports event for me to get my bonus here. I can't well, lose that. Uh, yeah, Fair it's enough, a golden opportunity enough. right here. It's five pounds free. I mean, goodness. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. We can't lose out on on the on the fiver here. We not <laughs> need to need to play GTO. Um, okay, so Elizabeth is informing us we can't get. Yeah, we can, Elizabeth is informing we can't get the chat up here, but we we she will display any comments that are appearing here, uh, if uh, if we have any. So if the chat has any uh, any suggestions, what uh, what to place a bet on, uh, this is your chance. Uh, to put uh, Connor's money on the line uh, for the first and maybe for the last time. We'll see. Um, I would go into what about uh, ice hockey? What do I, we, what I do was we have just going to say I would, I would, I would bet on on Ding Junhui to to win the next frame in the Northern Ireland Open snooker. That seems say. a good bet, and I can't, I can't really bet on bet on Japan against the US, can I? And if I bet on the US, the odds are so yeah, okay. small. I don't even so, get so, Bogdan Bogdan wants volatility. He is uh, he is uh, enticing you to to put a you put a small bet with really great odds. So maybe Japan is a is a good one. Or maybe I a draw in, in Japan, Japan here. I mean that's pretty good. Hundred to, yeah. to one, hundred to one for Japan you know to draw against Stranger the, uh, USA in ice hockey. Stranger yes. things have happened. Bogdan, if this comes in, I'll buy you a beer next time I see you. A £505 <laughs> return. <laughs> right. Go for it. Go for it, Connor. Ready? Place is... bet? Yes, let's do it. Confirm. All right, there we go. So we have £5 uh, for the ice hockey game that is uh, taking place right now, actually. Oh, no. between. Look at that. Oh. 
Our automated risk controls risk rejected controls. your bet. Does that mean that oh. the zone bet doesn't want to risk losing 500 quid oh. on a draw? <laughs> or is that because I'm taking on two risk because Bogdan's appetite for you're risk talking... is so yes. great? Yes, you you have uh, you have been flagged uh, uh, for for potential harm from gambling uh, uh, here, uh, Connor. Uh, unfortunately, I That's... think they just know I'm a sharp, and they know I'm uh, I'm coming to take them to the cleaners. Right, let's All try. Right. We'll have to bet on something else, essentially. Let's try. Look, uh, it's a free eight pound seventy five. If we put a fiver on Ding Junhui, I mean, Ali Carter's not okay. a bad player, but I don't think he's got the class or the experience of Ding. Okay, can you can you explain here what did you place a bet on uh, now, Connor? So it's in snooker. So yes, it's the Northern Ireland Open um, snooker tournaments. We've got Ding Junhui, one of the best players to have come out of China in the past. 10 or 15 years or so against Ali Carter, who's not a bad British player. Um, but, I, oh, they've been, we've been locked out. Something must have happened in the frame, you see, while I was explaining it. Let's see if it was, no, not available. You see, of all the things we thought we could go wrong with a live yeah, demonstration this, of a sports but not being able to place a bet right. wasn't one of them, was it? Right. But these are sports that are live uh, at the moment. We are, we, are, we are placing live bets. So maybe if you try the ice hockey game again, maybe you'll get lucky. Maybe we get new odds there. All right. Maybe. Try, try it again. Try, uh, selection is not there. I don't know. Oh, not oh, there we go. Try it quick. This is what we need, uh, Connor. This is going to be the best moment of this year for you. Let's see. Okay. We are trying again for <laughs> Japan versus United States in ice hockey. Uh, market already high, closed. But... Market already closed once again. Okay, let's... Well, okay, so the in-play betting features are struggling so far. I think that's fair to say. Okay. Let's head back to the... Uh, How many stars? How many stars do you give the the, the, the zone sports back so far, Connor? Out out, out of how many? Out of five? Out of 20. Out of 20? (laughs) I can't be very generous. I mean, I haven't been able to place a bet. So, okay, okay. so far, we're struggling for stars. Um, but I That's wouldn't want to be third, unkind third because it's, it's early days for um, it's early days for, for design. So we'll give them a chance. I don't want to speak ill of them. They're doing their best. Right. Um, we'll do third times a charm here. We'll go into, uh, into the football category and play yeah, about any... a game that is not actually live. What do you think? Um, I can't... Um... AFC Bournemouth at 25 to 1. And it's also, I notice. Oh, so here we go. So you can go into each match there and find the. Find All right, let's, let's See, go, these, are the kinds, these are the kinds of bets I like. Correct yes. score. But let's yes, also. Um, what do you think? Manchester City, Crystal Palace. I reckon 3 0 or 3 1. I, I I think that's a good bet today, Connor. Go for it. I can't find it. Take it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There Three, you nil, eleven to, one to two. Three, one, nine to one. That'll do. Yeah, returns fifty. Yes. That's all right. All right. That's that's worth a punt. Right there, you go. So that wasn't too painful, was it? <laughs> okay. All right. So so t- tell us what's what's the bet there, Connor? So we've got Manchester City against Crystal Palace coming up um, tomorrow, uh, day after tomorrow, Saturday afternoon at three o'clock, and I have put a bet on at uh, for Manchester to City, Manchester City to win three-one, and the odds on that are nine to one. So I've put a fiver on right. um, potential returns of fifty pounds. Now, All shall right. we quickly check out the casino while we're here and see what we can do with the other think- fiver? I think that the time is rushing past us here, to be honest. Oh, no. Look how we, long we, have 19, we have 19 minutes left in the live stream. We managed okay. to place a bet on the sports book uh, here in a, in a game that was, uh, that, that was not live, essentially. Uh, nine to one odds. Yeah. We'll have to follow up the, uh, the, uh, the game and see how it went for next week. And if Connor wins uh, this bet, if, uh, if we have 3 1 uh, tomorrow, then he promises to buy a beer for everyone who is watching right now. Thank you so much, Connor. That's How generous yeah, that's of you. It. My pleasure. Oh, no, that's, <laughs> you know me. Brilliant, brilliant. All right. I'll Thank you so much again. for that.
Absolutely brilliant. Okay, uh, so live demonstration uh, here of the song bet. Uh, we managed at the, at the end to, to place a bet. Just uh, for information here, it's uh, Sports Radar who is um, who is providing the front end, and Pramatic Solutions who is uh, providing the uh, the PAM platform uh, essentially. Uh, Permaxis Solutions also good sponsors of the podcast, so uh, happy to see that uh, the zone is um, using one of our good partners here. Uh, nonetheless, guys, let's move on to the next story. We have uh, wait, wait, we are short wait, wait. in time. One, yes, one thing Nico. to add. Uh, one, one, one more thing to add from the uh, from a content uh, perspective. As Connor already pointed out, there's no horse betting. Uh, so, what are the information, or what can we make out of this information? Uh, first of all, it's a soft launch, if I'm not mistaken, because we don't see. Um, the um, subscriber numbers on uh, a country by country level from the zone. But if I'm not mistaken and reading in between the lines, the bi biggest market they actually have is in Germany. Uh, so out of their potentially uh, roughly 10 million subscribers using their OTT over the top um, uh, services, um, the biggest uh, amount of customer is coming from Germany. So Germany, horse betting, online horse betting, uh, isn't allowed um, because you need to apply for a different, a different license. So if we just use this kind of information, soft launch in the UK, no horse betting available, although uh, people from the UK or the Brits are quite, uh, you know, seeking for horse betting, this might be an indication that the next market they will launch will be Germany and that they are using this kind of experience, uh, their knowledge and all their findings to actually launch the same offering uh, in Germany as well. One more thing to add, it will be, so first of all, we've seen a sports book which looks like every other literally every other sports book um, as well. We didn't see any kind of live streams. Uh, of course, you can kind of have a peek into the sports radar widgets, but you know, the magic of the zone is really their live stream offerings. And then the magic kicks in as soon as you have the app-to-app -app calls from the DAZN streaming app and converting these customers into the DAZN bet. But this is something we will only see as soon as the um, DAZN bet app will be available uh, in the market. And I'm just thrilled to see how they will convert on a stream-by-stream uh, stream basis people to actually, you know, hit the bet now button uh, and then hand them over uh, to the sports book. So it's a good thing and a bad thing. Uh, the, the good thing is we pretty much saw uh, a sports book offering we are all used to, uh, which Pierre, you once uh, labeled as a pumped up Excel sheet, which is not wrong. Uh, and on the bad way, we didn't, we didn't see um, any kind of different uh, offering um, as of now, but as said, the magic will kick in as soon as they uh, will use the app to app calls. Absolutely, these are great insights, Nico, and uh, very interesting. We'll we'll have to follow up uh, here as uh, as you point out. This is just a soft launch, and uh, the integration between uh, the live stream and the sports betting product will be interesting to see how that uh, plays out. Uh, on to the next uh, point here, guys. Um, we'll have to summarize a little bit, but. Um, the story is uh, that uh, MGM and Leo Vegas uh, received the regulatory go-ahead for the $607 million uh, acquisition of, um, of Leo Vegas. Uh, Connor, you wrote the story at IGMX.com. Can you go into deeper exactly what has happened here? Yes. <laughs> so the official announcement was that um, MGM has passed... Um, all of the regulatory requirements for the acquisition. So, of course, um, there is a long list of um, of things that the government requires when it, when um, a, a business acquisition of this size takes place. Um, and so, all of those closing conditions have been met. Now, that's just in time because the acceptance period for the offer which allows Leo Vegas shareholders to accept or, or decline the offer, um, started in early June and expires next week on the 30th of August. So um, settlement for the shares tendered in the offer is expected to take place as soon as MGM can confirm that all of the conditions for the offer are fulfilled. That is to say, um, 
that the offer is accepted by the correct number of Lea Vega shareholders um, and any other conditions that might go along with that. And provided that they're able to announce that the day after the closing of the offer period on the 31st of August, um, settlement is expected to begin on or around the 7th of September. Now, we know that MGM Resorts operates BetMGM, which is one of the kind of big four um, online sports betting operators in the US, and it also has great iGaming capacity, and it's, uh, I believe it leads in most, if not all, of the current iGaming states. Um, and there were some statistics pointed out by our US editor, Ryan Butler, the other day in one of his articles that I thought kind of illustrate why that's so important for the future of the business. Um, so he used the example of New Jersey, where during the first half of calendar year 2022, of course, New Jersey is, I believe, still the second largest market in the US after New York, and it's certainly the most established market there. So during the first six months of 2022, online sports books generated $309 million in revenue in New Jersey while operators generated $815 million in online casino gaming revenue. So the difference, in because of the difference in the margins, as we all know, the difference in terms of um, how lucrative a business this is to get into is quite clear from those New Jersey figures. So it makes sense for MGM to further expand its um, its roster of brands with a, uh, an online casino specialist like Leo Vegas. And also, they both use Lions in their marketing and branding, and so the integration will be made even easier. <laughs> I think maybe that's the main reason why MDM chose Leo Vegas and not Betson. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. <laughs> Quite possibly. Uh, another um, interesting point to mention here is that uh, for those of you who are Paid attention a couple of months ago, uh, the, there was uh, the news came out that uh, Leo Vegas had a visit by the um, uh, Swedish uh, financial uh, police um, uh, who, who, who came to the office for a visit for a potential uh, suspicion of insider trading. Um, now, as was pointed out at that time, uh, very clearly is that this was not targeting Leo Vegas specifically. But uh, insider trading is uh, uh, potentially with uh, with an individual or individuals who uh, took advantage of um, kind of the, the the news before it broke. And if we were looking at the share price of, of Leo Vegas, it increased quite uh, aggressively before the um, before the acquisition was uh, was announced or before the bid was announced by by MGM. Um, and so. Um, uh, that, that that was also an interesting insight. Now, after that, we haven't really heard much uh, from how those efforts uh, transpired, but uh, certainly it's good news, uh, of course, that uh, MGM and Leo Vegas uh, received the kind of regulatory go-ahead uh, that paved the way for this acquisition to take place, basically. Right, we have 10 minutes to go today, guys, and um, I want to jump into um, the next story as well. And Nico, I would love you to give more context here, but essentially, we covered a story uh, end of last week, uh, basically that um, in uh, Germany, the regulator have now given out uh, eight licenses, the, the latest to Jokestar. And an uh, interesting and controversial pattern is emerging here where um, most, a majority of these um, eight licenses have been handed out to just two companies, which are uh, Gaussman Group and uh, Novomatic, uh, who have also uh, had a partnership uh, in order to acquire one license as well uh, to, together. And it raises some eyebrows in the industry. And um, for example, we have a comment uh, here by Feda Mekan, a um, good friend of ours and uh, Caprock's co-founder, who is uh, quoted to say here that uh, both Galsenman and Novomatic have had several scandals in the past and were linked to donations to political parties. So it is surprising to see that they account for such a large share of companies on the whitelist, considering uh, the, uh, the controversy uh, here of, of the donations to the political parties. But Nico, can you uh, go deeper into the story um, about the licensing? How many licenses do, um, do Novomatic and, and uh, Gelsenman Group share today? And um, what's your thoughts in general, as uh, you obviously 
have uh, boots on the ground here yourself. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, first of all, uh, as of now, there have been eight licenses uh, being uh, giving uh, out, uh, with a total of eleven websites. Um, and the quite interesting thing is, as you already mentioned, that the majority of these licenses have been given to companies who, which are either directly connected to the Gausselmann or Novomatic group or a joint venture. Uh, and or it just smells like they belong uh, to the Gauselmann um, group and or are linked in a specific way. So the last uh, license, which has been given out to the Jokerstar uh, GmbH, which is actually run or owned uh, by <clears throat> a retail um, shop owner, they run one, roughly 160 retail um, slot shops in Germany. And guess what? They are one of the biggest customers of the Gauselmann group. So even this smells a little bit like it is or it could be linked to Gauselmann as well. So if we don't link it fully uh, to Gauselmann, five and a half uh, out of eight licenses is either giving out to Novomatic or Gauselmann. Only two companies can be excluded. Shout out uh, to Damia Böhm, one of my friends from uh, Tipwin, um, and the Ruleo Alpenland um, AG. So these are the two companies who are for sure not linked to either Gauselmann or Novomatic. And as already said, this just smells a little bit strange um, as the overall licensing process should be very transparent, especially the decision-making, uh, taking into account that the um, joint venture of Gauselmann and Novomatic, uh, Mernov, who has been rebranded uh, to DGGS, which is called the Deutsche Gesellschaft für Glücksspiel, MBH, has been all by themselves for roughly one month. Uh, and as said, uh, why either all the other applications, applicants didn't do that well during the application process, which I doubt a little bit, or there had been some lobbying going on in the in the background. And as the headwinds um, turn a little bit or into the rough directions, they are already from the um, from uh, one of the states, more the right wing party. They actually asked in an uh, official statement in an official questionnaire, handed out questions to the um, official state um, uh, authority. Uh, the the uh, Gemeinsame Glücksspielbehörde der Länder, GGL, and they should answer why uh, the majority of all these licenses have been given out to these uh, two um, heavyweights. So it will, um, as, as said, we, we just see some headwinds as of now, as numbers don't lie, roughly 70% of all licenses being given out are either uh, giving out to uh, Gausselmann Group or uh, Novomatic. And they have not been the first applicants um, as well. But as of now, it turns out that they obviously did something uh, better than other companies. And this is something, um, you know, politicians will investigate on. Interesting. Yeah, Nico, thanks for the insight on this uh, front as well. Um, I want to uh, jump over to the last topic uh, that we'll be able to cover today, which is, uh, again, jumping over to the state of California, uh, which is um, going through a referendum here, a vote uh, in November to potentially legalize uh, online sports betting in the state of California. This would potentially become the uh, one of the biggest single markets in the world uh, if California would uh, would legalize online sports betting. It's a massive price for the industry, and um, we can obviously see the lobbying efforts uh, uh, taking place right now uh, with this big price in mind. Um, opposing this bill is um, is a consortium of of the um, uh, California tribes, uh, which uh, currently has a monopoly on anything to do with gambling in the state of California, um, and. As things are now playing out in, in the state, it's a very infectious um, uh, debate that is taking place uh, around Prop 27. And um, a lot, a lot of money are being poured into this campaign. It's, it's uh, expected to be one of the most expensive uh, political campaigns ever in the United States. That's how 
uh, how big this um, uh, this uh, bill is essentially. And um, f- you know, unfortunately for the online sports betting uh, operators, uh, they they have been facing a lot of headwinds uh, and uh, a lot of different political parties and. Um, and another organization have come out uh, against Prop 27. And um, the latest news now is that uh, the California Republicans are joining forces with the uh, California Democrats uh, to come out against Prop 27. Uh, Nico, I know that you brought up this uh, article earlier today when we were planning this uh, session. Can you go uh, more into deep into that with uh, with uh, Prop 27 and the current status here with the Republicans now joining the Democrats. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, you know, on a on a weekly basis, we see updates uh, on California, and we just know, uh, as you already already mentioned and pointed out, like three or four weeks ago, this is one of the biggest campaigns California or the uh, United States have ever seen, with an estimated costs just for the campaigns. First of all, the proposing uh, uh, campaign and the uh, and the opposites. And they spent roughly $250 million on advertising on TVs. So whenever you're in California, you can't hide from these adverts. And we already, we've already seen these adverts. So last week, uh, we just stated that the Major League Baseball, uh, MLB, um, are in the favor of um, uh, Prop 27. So they are <clears throat> for uh, Prop uh, 27. Two weeks before, <clears throat> we've stated that the Democrats uh, are against Prop 27. And as of now, the California's Republic, uh, Republican Party, uh, shortly C-A-G-O-P, has joined the Democrat rival in opposing Proposition 27 as the sports uh, wagering legislation race in the Golden State actually heats up. And the overall decision will be made in uh, November. And I'm pretty sure that on a weekly basis, nearly on a weekly basis, we will see either um, one of the big uh, big forces actually being for Prop uh, 27 or uh, being against uh, 27. And the official statement uh, from Jessica Millen-Patterson, um, she is holding the chair of the California Republican Party, is Prop 27 breaks the promise made to California's Native American tribes to grant them the sovereign right to operate gaming in California in order to improve the lives of their communities across the state. We stand with California tribes and oppose Prop 27. So as of now, we see the Democrats and the Republic's Republican Party uh, opposing uh, um, 27. And as said, this will for sure not be the last word on this one. Absolutely. And, and interestingly enough, there is uh, obviously the Prop 26 as well, which is the uh, uh, tribe's uh, proposition to legalize retail uh, sports betting in the state of California under uh, the tribe's control, uh, essentially. And uh, interestingly enough, the Democrats who are opposing Prop 27, uh, they have come out to be neutral to Prop 26. And the uh, uh, Republicans have come out uh, against uh, Prop 26 uh, uh, as well, essentially. So the Republicans are against both um, uh, Prop 26 and Prop 27 uh, uh, here. So it's also worth pointing out. And a final little point here as well is... Um, this tweet here from uh, Sam McQuillan, who is uh, uh, pointing out here that uh, $50 million is what the consortium of the online sports betting operators spent in the month of July alone to, um, to lobby for Prop 27, whereas the uh, Native uh, American tribe spent $55 million uh, to, uh, to fight Prop 27 here. So uh, just in the month of July alone, more than $100 million uh, dollars were spent uh, to campaign uh, either for or against Prop 27. And we are talking about a vote that is taking place in three months' time, uh, essentially. Um, so you can just expect uh, these numbers to increase uh, here as the, as the month goes by. But so far, according to polling, uh, most, uh, most Californians are against uh, the bill. There is a high awareness of this, uh, um, of this bill, but uh, most of the... Most of the um, um, 
most of the Californians are so far against. So there, there's uh, uh, obviously an uphill battle that uh, the, the online sports betting operators are, uh, th they need to climb essentially. So it will be interesting to see how this, um, how this developed as well. Brilliant guys, uh, we are uh, as always a little bit over time here, which is uh, uh, which is the result of a good discussion. But uh, very dynamic uh, today, Nico. Thank you so much uh, for uh, the great insights uh, here. And Connor, what a demo! You know, we're holding all the fingers and toes crossed here for uh, for, for for this uh, very volatile and the high stakes bet that we play that we managed to place here in the end at the zone bet. And uh, we obviously need to follow up here next week uh, to see how this actually. Uh, played out in the end. Um, but uh, for, with that, I'm going to thank you, uh, everyone for tuning in today. Uh, thank you to Playson as well. Thank you to Simpler for keeping uh, keeping the lights on uh, here at the Argument uh, Next uh, Weekly News. And um, yeah, what do you say, Connor, Nico? We'll head down down to the beach. It's the end of summer for a little uh, margarita today, I think. Sounds good to me. I think we've earned it. I think we earned it. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you here next week. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, guys.